0: So the idea is like he might be like, Hey man, everybody's gotta get along, you know? We're just gonna get along, we're cool. Mm-hmm. And then all like deep down he's like, These fing Yeah. <laughs> fers. These f they don't even raid goblins. <laughs> yeah. hello and welcome to dungeon chatter this is travis
1: this is victoria
0: and today we're talking about
1: j for justice
0: on the dungeon chatter podcast what we do is to uh look at various aspects of rpg that's a role, role playing game uh, <laughs> design uh, creation playing all that fun stuff uh and we do this alphabetically we started with a is for armor and we're up to j and so the way we approach this is to uh, create a piece, uh, give our pitch for it, discuss how uh, different games do it. And then we uh, play test it and mm-hmm. then hopefully report back and let you know how things are going.
1: Yeah. So far, the plan for that is once we're done with this alphabet or maybe once we get to letter M, the halfway-ish kind of point, we'll uh, do like a, an episode where we go through them piece by piece and let you know what happened with them.
0: Sounds good. Uh, And so uh, each episode goes something like this, we talk about the concept, uh, we talk about how different systems handle that aspect of the RPG, and then we uh, make a pitch, which is our proposal for how we are handling it or are going to handle it. Then we do a troubleshoot, uh, what do we call it? hack and slash hack and slash Uh, In which we kind of, yeah, troubleshoot uh, what some problems might be that we could run into in the process of using uh, our pitch. And uh, yeah, and then we do an outro, and Victoria talks to you, and yep. then like three months later, we come back and do it again.
1: Hey. <laughs> it's only been, what, a month? This is probably going to go out this Friday?
0: Yeah. Yes. And uh, we <laughs> should be back on target very shortly. hmm <clears throat> So, uh, today we are talking about Jay for Justice. And so, uh, maybe the the concept looks something like this. Um, justice is what we're thinking of as specifically certain types of uh, limitations on action. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now you could think of it in terms of criminal justice, like, well, what will happen if you do certain things? Uh, but we're taking a kind of broader look at it. So not just what will happen in game, uh, but what sorts of thing the party is willing to play with. Mm hmm. And so I thought that I would begin with a discussion of laws and morality and moral beliefs generally, just what these concepts are, um, and then we'll uh, dive into uh, how systems handle it. Yeah. Cool. So when we talk about laws, we could be talking about, and and almost always, I think, are talking about the legal uh, principles and uh, specific statutes that are put in place. Uh, And so that could be something... Uh, specific to a world um, or it could be even within a world like where in the world do you want to play do you want to play in an area where there is slavery uh, do you not want to play in such a world mm-hmm. questions like that mm-hmm. uh, those are legal questions Um, also what are the types of punishment that are available uh, mm-hmm. for these offenses and those I mean I guess they could run a wide range I, I think that we see a lot of what Exile and execution and other things in fantasy type. uh, settings.
1: Yeah, sometimes jail time. Yeah, like traditional Mm -hmm.
0: Right because there's always the jailbreak right so every yeah, that's true (laughs) Every (laughs) campaign that runs, you know longer than six months uh, is probably looking at a jailbreak at some point Mm -hmm. Um, Then another question is about uh, Just morality and so when when I say uh, justice we could be talking about just the legal piece um, or we're gonna be talking about the morality piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that sense, morality is more or less uh the, the stuff that you should do, uh, those are questions of justice, especially if it comes to respecting rights and, and uh property and life and liberty and all those good things. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh judgments about morality, or sorry, uh, morality runs very quickly into judgments about morality. Uh, so I was on Twitter discussing some of these issues somewhere or other, and someone said something to the effect of, look, uh, morality is just socially constructed, blah, blah, blah. And so I just wanted to pause and say, I don't believe that. And a lot of philosophers don't believe that. But it's actually kind of irrelevant to the RPG, right? So um, Irrelevant or? Irrelevant. Okay. Yeah. It, I, in the end, I don't think it really matters for the RPG. I don't really think it matters what is right and wrong, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, what kind of gaming world are you going to play in, and how are the players and NPCs in it going to behave. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and so even if um, they're going to violate rules of morality, um, if everyone's on board for that, then I think that that's a reason Maybe not an overriding reason, but at least a reason to play that game. Mm-hmm. Ooh, does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good start. So, what, so we're talking about um, the laws of the land and the people's mindset about those laws. Those are probably the two most important pieces. And again, the two levels where that uh, question of mindset comes up is in the game and for the players. Yep. And we're definitely going to come back to that when we talk about conversations about this, conversations about justice. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I hope that wasn't too kind of theoretical and abstract and weird. I think it was, (laughs) I think it was pretty clear, but maybe I, I think it
1: was pretty clear. I don't, it didn't seem like you were like hard and fast defining anything. It was more, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, Uh, Right. So justice, I think, is used in a a couple different ways, is is my point here. And so one of them is just to talk about the laws, right? So what kind of world do you want to live in? uh, Sorry, not live in, but play in. Yeah. Right. So do you want to play in a world where this stuff is legal or illegal and where these are the punishments and blah, blah, blah? Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
0: That's one question. Another one is another really important question for gaming, which is um, what kind of mindset world do you want to play in? Uh, And so the mindset really matters for the characters in that land. So we know that uh, laws and what people think about those laws are not, they don't always line up.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, And so you might have a ton of people who object to the laws on the books. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of mindset piece for in the game. And then the third piece is the mindset uh, piece for the players sitting around the table. So, um, go
1: ahead like slavery doesn't have to be part of your game at all yes. like if nobody at the table wants it in exactly. the game yes but yeah
0: yep and uh you might even uh, want to play a game where no one gets killed yeah um, so we'll talk about why that might be and if and if that seems you know kind of crazy to you like why would you play an rpg where no one can die just think about some other awful things that could happen to characters that probably never happen in your game because you find it kind of Disgusting to play yeah, that, that kind of kind of off-putting. Yeah. Makes
1: the game not fun for at least somebody, maybe everybody.
0: Yeah, thinking about Red Dead Redemption, too.
1: I haven't gotten to that part yet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Good. So, thank you for helping me clarify those ideas. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so the laws, uh, beliefs about morality, um, and then uh, that splits into two pieces: the the in-game and the players themselves. Um, And then there's the the question of, but what is right and wrong anyway? And and it's an awesome question. Uh, I I am an ethicist, so I I care about those questions. But I just don't know that it matters so much for the game itself, for the sitting down to play. Yeah. Okay. Now, how do games uh, and systems approach this sort of thing? Uh, This this question of what kind of world do we want to play in? And I think that maybe the most well-known proxy for it is...
1: Uh, the D and D alignment system is probably the one that everyone thinks of, which is the good versus evil, and then lawful versus chaotic, and any sort of um, con- combine a combination of those four, um, including neutral. So you can be true neutral, like chaotic good, lawful evil, any of those. Um, and I don't know how in depth you wanted to go about those. Like, do you need me to explain? So, like, good would be what.
2: Yeah, a lot of people,
1: what a lot of people think of as morally just, uh, which is the, you'll kind of go out of your way to help other people and you won't, um, hurt other people for your own gain very often. Um, and then evil would be, if it helps you get to where you want to go, you'll, you'll not consider how it affects other people as I think the best way to think of evil characters. And then the lawful versus chaotic. This one actually trips me up a little more because lawful evil, I think lawful good is easier to understand because you care about upholding the law possibly more than protecting other people um, because you wouldn't, you know, murder a bad guy if it would be murder, even if it would save people, uh, conceivably. Like that would be um, a moral dilemma for somebody who is lawfully good as chaotic good would probably not, you know, think twice about it if it would save someone. And with a lawful evil, I think so like a lot of the demons in hell in fifth edition are considered lawful evil because they will uphold contracts and they um, like these contracts are so binding to them that they won't, you know, do whatever um, will promote themselves if there is a contract or a law of their kind. In the way, so that that would be what lawful
0: evil is. So, um, I'll, I'll give how I understand it too, because I think it, that in many ways it's very similar to mm-hmm. the way you think about it. But it might be, um, yeah, I think that hearing multiple ways to approach this might make it clearer to people who don't know this. I mean, for what it's worth, if you play RPGs, then you, especially if you play D and D, you know about alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the most well-known things I think outside the RPG from the RPG. If that makes sense. So there are memes about alignment that people share who have never played D and D. Yeah,
1: that's probably maybe the stats.
0: Yeah, uh, that, that yeah. might be right too. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think about the um, law neutrality uh, chaos uh, continuum as essentially somebody's view about um, those societal roles. Right. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, what? Yes. Well. Actually, this is complicated right so yeah uh, so shall I honor these contracts for instance um shall I uh, go by the rules um or shall I just turn my back on the rules um and yeah I do think a demon is a good example of a, a typically a lawful whatever creature mm-hmm. like a lawful evil creature or whatever because the goal is for them to uh, get your soul um, but they will they, they will play ruthlessly to the letter of the law
2: hmm yeah
0: um, the good neutrality evil, uh, continuum I see as essentially people's view. We normally would say the view to humanity, but it, it's much wider than that. It's, right? the view of sentient races generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so you combine those and I think, uh, chaotic good is a pretty common, uh, alignment for a, like a swashbuckling rebel. Yeah. Rebel yeah. Yeah. Type like
1: a, a rowdy adventure is mm-hmm. I think how a lot of people will see uh chaotic good.
0: So they will go out of their way to save the town, but they might pocket extra gold uh, or uh, yeah. break the rules in the Robin process. Hood,
1: <laughs> Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that that's a good example. And the, the now the and the one last one, the chaotic neutral uh, is is I think a tough alignment to understand. It it's not many people I, I think in the real world are this. It's it's essentially turning your back on the rules at any opportunity. And also not taking an especially positive view of, you know, humanity and other sentient beings. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, And even someone, uh, so anti-heroes are often pointed to in this way. And I think someone like Riddick from the Chronicles of Riddick and uh, Pitch Black, um, he probably doesn't go out of his way to go back and save people um, if he were, you know, truly not good in some way. Mm -hmm. Now, it's complicated because... The grand, uh, what do you think is the main benefit of alignment?
1: Uh I think it, it's a good guidance if you're playing, if you want to play someone who would have a different mindset than your own. Like it's mm-hmm. a good point of reference to understand, like especially D&D gives some sort of definitions for these in the book. So if you're ever like, would my character save these people if they're chaotic good? Like, would this be considered, you know, fun for them versus like just something that a good person would do so I think it's it's good for the role-playing aspect in that sense but it can sometimes feel confining though because you do get traditionally penalized I don't know if this fifth uh, mm. edition actually does that
0: I don't know either
1: yeah I yeah. don't think it does um but in 3.5 and 3 you would get penalties experience point penalties is that what it was if yeah, you second
0: edition too maybe first as well
1: yeah. yeah if you acted in a way that wasn't consistent with your alignment mm-hmm. so uh
0: yeah so um you know you end up getting these is it nine yeah, yeah so nine, nine uh, alignment types and the idea is that every character can be classified like every character's mindset roughly and their approach to law and order and all this stuff can be characterized in one of these nine pieces and so um, it's a very nice proxy or rule of thumb for how people behave. Yeah. I think that's one of the strongest things it's got going for it.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's also like, so not everyone is chaotic good all the time. Like, right. Yeah. There are different, especially in different sort of social settings, you might act completely differently mm-hmm. depending on who's around you. So I think that this sort of mindset like, oh, if you're chaotic good, you would never ever, um, I don't even know. Like, steal for no reason, I guess. Maybe not even that one. But, like, steal. Like, go and murder a woman, an old woman, and just take her stuff. Like, that would not be something chaotic good. But...
0: I would agree. And and a character who did that would be penalized, yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But... You're not helping me. (laughs) No, no, but
0: but what you're saying is uh, that uh, the, the benefit of alignment is how few... Categories we need Uh to classify everyone. Uh But the problem is that it doesn't really classify real psychological creatures. Yeah, right (laughs) Uh, That's the the thing I think yeah, that's a takeaway (laughs) Yeah, so someone who lives a perfectly awesome life 98% of the time uh, But is also uh, you know, like a hitman uh, or an assassin on the side
2: Mm -hmm.
0: um, What's their alignment like if if in their regular life? They would never lie or cheat or steal except to protect their career as an assassin uh, what are they? And and I don't care what the answer is. I just know that a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, maybe right, but I just I, I just know that yeah. the the benefit of alignment is its nine categories to classify everyone. But the problem is, it probably realistically doesn't classify any human being mm-hmm. realistically perfectly. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Um. And yeah, and so for each of these approaches, yeah, we did want to talk about um, pros and cons. So, um, any other pros and cons you can think of to the alignment system?
1: To all alignment systems, or oh, well, that D&D. one in particular. Yeah, I know. I think we we covered it. I mean, the main thing is that it's good for like guidance, but it it doesn't you know encompass everybody perfectly. So.
0: Now let's connect this to the idea of the show, right? So Mm -hmm. this idea of justice. Um, We're building up to having this conversation about what kind of game you're going to play. Mm -hmm. And one of the cool things about alignment is I've said it on this show, I think. A lot, yeah, Yeah.
1: a lot. Uh, I think every episode has this. (laughs)
0: You don't don't play evil characters in my game. Uh, And so notice that, I don't really care at the moment, like what you think that means, uh, in, uh, RPGs that has a pretty standard, uh, understanding.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and also we have a kind of decent grasp of common sense morality. So uh, yeah. if I say no evil character, you say, well, can I occasionally kidnap and murder children? I'm like, no, that's, that's yeah. not, that's <laughs> not it. Right. Uh, so
2: that,
0: and that, and it's not to say that you can't do that in other games. It's just, and that's not a game that I want to uh, play. Uh, it's not a game that I want to DM. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's one of those areas where alignment has this great strength. You can just say no evil characters Mm -hmm. or everyone has to be good uh, or no chaotic characters or no lawful, whatever, however you want to pitch it. Right. Yeah. Um, Which which is kind of nice. And and, uh, in the same way that it's a strength for the PC party, Mm -hmm. it's also really cool for understanding NPC. Yeah. uh, More or less, right? Mindset. It doesn't give you a psychologically complicated picture, but it's just... Oh, the villain is chaotic evil versus the villain is lawful evil. So one of those villains is going to use and exploit the law to their gain. And the other one is going to not even care about the law yeah. at all. And by the way, the lawful one is the one that's going to use and exploit the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, follow, ruthlessly follow the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of all the tax loopholes.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> whatever it is. But the chaotic evil one, whatever. Um, doesn't matter if it's against the law. It doesn't matter. If, yeah, um, they'll do what they can to win the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and then did you, did you want to talk about um, the Fallout system, or do you want me to talk about the other one?
1: Uh, if you want to talk about the other one first, then we can yeah. jump back to the Fallout if we've got time.
0: Sure. Well oh, I think we'll have time. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, now you mentioned other alignment systems, uh, mm-hmm. and so I, for what it's worth, I do think that uh, D&D is probably the most famous uh, uh, of the alignment prob- systems. Probably, yeah. Mm. I put uh, money down. You know, there's even one that's um, similar, but less nuance and it's just the um the knights of the old republic alignment system where you just have light side light side that's true that side. one's
1: probably i'm going to say even more famous than DD. i'm going to yeah, say probably yeah. more people mm-hmm. know are you the light side or the dark side i
0: think that's a good point
1: but that's a that specifically applies to force wielders like mm-hmm. not everybody falls into light side or dark side in the universe like it just means something about the jedi and the sith so I wonder, that one's complicated
0: maybe somebody could be aligned with the light side without being on the light. i don't know i don't know yeah but i get the point right? yeah uh yeah and so if you've ever played knights of the old republic um you do certain actions and it either gives you light side points or dark side points and that's it mm-hmm. uh
1: so. Yeah, I mean, that's basically Fallout. I was going to talk about Fallout 3, and it has the good, neutral, and evil, and it's basically that. You do morally just actions. I did finger quotes because, you know, we are talking about morality and all that stuff. Um, but you do morally just actions, and you'll get good points, and the more you do, the further on the scale you get into that, and the more bad stuff you do, the further on to the evil side you get. So, that seems like a pretty common one, just
0: so let's talk quickly before we move on to the next system that's more nuanced i think mm-hmm. let's talk about some of those then examples of some of these actions that could help your alignment mm-hmm. uh, alignment slip uh is normally how we put it your alignment slips if it deteriorates to the bad
2: mm-hmm. uh
0: t- toward the uh i guess toward definitely toward evil i wonder about toward chaos too um but things like um keeping your promise even though it hurts you things like not asking for rewards mm-hmm. um those are things that can help you. Yeah. Um, do you have other a, lot of,
1: a lot of uh, games will have, like, small charity things, like people asking for mm-hmm. um, goods or, like, your food or money or something, and if you give them some money, you'll get, you know, whatever. And I think, like, killing people, like, just killing someone randomly in a lot of games without any sort of mm-hmm. uh, provo- provocation will uh, hurt your alignment, your, your yeah. put you more towards the evil side.
0: Yeah, and you know if you're, a philo- if you're a moral philosopher and you're sitting there and you're hearing this, you're like, that's not justice. True, um, these are, <laughs> this is actually a lot of stuff. So um, just to be correct here. So uh, helping people like that would be charity or beneficence. And then uh, not killing someone would just be avoiding, uh, it's called non-maleficence, so just not doing the bad thing. But we're talking about all these under the umbrella of these uh, restrictions on movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that sense, it's much more like an ethic uh, than a justice, but but it's the idea, right? So what kind of game do you want to play in? Mm-hmm. Um, I had in mind, um, so in addition to just slaughtering people, uh, which is obviously going to move your alignment toward the bad, mm-hmm. um, one of the areas where I would run into problems in Knights of the Old Republic uh, would be uh, when I would develop my force persuade and I would just Keep force persuade. <laughs> Just, you know,
1: <laughs> charisma throughout the whole, you know, interaction.
0: This would, so, um, better to do that, probably, maybe, was my thought, than slaughter people. Uh, yeah. But, you know, force persuade is essentially
1: mind
2: control. Yeah, you know,
0: mind control. Um, and so, and, and now here's a, a cool example of a chaotic versus a lawful, maybe. Um. So if you were lawful, you might balance, like you You might do, uh, I haven't done force persuade in a while, so I'm going to do it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you do it, and you're like, well, I'm just following the rules, like I'm still staying good, right? Um, yeah. That's where a chaotic evil might think, okay, I'm going to have to take the hit in alignment right now, so I'm just going to have to force persuade several people, but then don't worry, I'll go out of my way to really uh, recuperate my, yeah. memories, uh, my image in that's the future. That's true. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that about Fallout too, is that you can mm-hmm. do some really awful stuff and then do a lot of small good things and balance out. Like yeah. That's an interesting part of, like most games with like good, bad alignments is the how it balances. Like mm-hmm. You can just do... You can go give a guy like ten dollars, like in a row, and it'll count probably as much as you know punching a baby in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So those are, um, so I think, some good examples. So rather than just you know using scare quotes and saying like, oh, the bad stuff or the good stuff, just to give some of those examples. Yeah. Uh, And so um, now we've we've got this kind of light and dark, which is again, the most kind of polarizing of views, right? It's just this or that. Um, Mm -hmm. We've got good, evil continuum and lawful, um, chaotic continuum. Um, And so that we get these two sliding scales. That's a little bit more complicated. And um, the World of Darkness system, at least when I played it, which was first or second edition, I can't remember. I think it was first edition, um, had these two stats. Uh, So standing in place of the kind of mindset or alignment piece, it was um, nature and demeanor. And as I recall these, the nature was like how you really are. And it was like a one word descriptor. Mm-hmm. Um, and your demeanor was um how you, like the facade you put on how people, people. perceive you. Mm-hmm. yeah. And um, so I don't remember an example of all of those, but I think I had a character whose demeanor was jester, uh, and nature was judge. Uh, And so he seemed to be a fun-loving, joking kind of person. But deep down, he was judging you, which is totally nothing like me.
1: Totally. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I've Uh, just got so much insight into your personality. (laughs) Wow. Uh,
0: So what this does is it does not reduce down to um, nine categories. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you could come up with any, um, those were like a judge or like a noun or a, a
1: like you could choose substitute. any, it didn't give you a sort of list that you it, had to pick it from? It gave
0: samples, but you could choose other things. It was open-ended? That's yeah. cool. As I recall, at least, maybe we just played it open-ended, but but there was definitely more than nine. There were more than nine uh, possibilities. And
1: did you deliberately pick JJ for a reason with that? No. Okay.
0: <laughs> no. I don't even remember if I did choose Jester, but that, that was what stands out. So my character was not, this was in Vampire. And my character was not a Malkavian, and those are kind of... They're supposed to be kind of bad, funny, weird, but that's not what I was. Like, they're all kind of comedian types. Or oh, okay. Weird comedians. Weird. Yeah. All right. Um, but mine were never that. If you know, if you play the game, I played either um, Kedif or Bruja, so those were, like, um, physical... Uh, physically focused. They mm-hmm. did physical stuff, and they were anarchist types and stuff like that, so... Yeah.
2: Okay. Or, or philosophers,
0: depending. Yeah, yeah. so... So, um, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So you get these two characteristics. Um, not everyone is broken down into nine nicely filed away things, but the beautiful thing about it is if you say to someone like his demeanor is to be a jester and his nature is to be a judge, I I think it's really clear what that means.
1: People will will figure it out at mm-hmm. the least or have a good sense of what you mean.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. And and those now notice that da, that doesn't neatly classify you as good or evil uh, no you could be whatever you you could be good or evil
1: yeah i was television. i was about to say like there's a lot of different ways to play that sort of character mm-hmm. so you could get two people with the same demeanor and um nature but who play it completely different
0: yeah i think this is right i would think even someone like charles manson might fit into that kind of uh i don't know what you know about him but, yeah but he, people thought he was funny, at least. At least his people thought he was funny, uh, mm-hmm. but he was clearly judging people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I think on the other hand, there could be very good people uh, yeah. who are funny uh, judge, but don't have to hold it against yeah. you. Yeah, judgmental doesn't
1: necessarily mean good or bad. Like you can judge people and mm-hmm. not be, you know, nasty about it.
0: Um, I was trying to think of a combination where it would make it sound like, wow, that's actually pretty bad. Um, and so you could choose something like a a nature of uh, sadist, right? And then just yeah. gives us a good sense of what you're really about. Not that it's always bad, but maybe that's not ideal, right? So maybe that's not the greatest of uh, people to hang out with, unless you're into that.
1: I guess. I don't know much about sadism. Okay. So... <laughs>
0: Uh, well, we we can read a bit. I'm so.
1: thinking Satanism. Oh, it's not not Satanism. Sadism. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. sadism <laughs> is pretty bad. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: maybe there are restricted versions that aren't quite so bad.
2: Okay.
0: Marquis de Sade. You know, it's pretty. Yeah, pretty wild. yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, that's a a more complicated system that serves the same kind of questions. Now, notice the advantage here for alignment. So you just say no evil characters. Got it. But what is Now, if you say no evil characters and someone says, well, yeah, I want to play a character who um, I'm trying to think of some like possible storylines in the game, but Mm -hmm. yeah, so it might be, well, I just want to play someone uh, who my character didn't do this, but uh, who's a judge because they want to find good slaves or something like that.
1: Good slaves, like good people to own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. And now you might think, well, actually, that sounds like kind of awful. Yeah, it does. Uh, so is, if slavery is going to be a big part of our game, then this is something that we need to have a conversation about.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and this is maybe now a good time to move into the third piece of what we're doing here, mm-hmm.
2: uh,
0: which is to talk about. Well, um, OK, so two options. Yeah, uh, we can talk about some of the components that our game has in the setup um, and, or we can talk about the conversations to have. So what would you rather do?
1: Which one was the the Stefan Ark game? Um,
0: so um, I recently posted a blog about um, it's called forking paths, uh, and so it, it looks at um, character creation mm-hmm. from the point of view of making a bunch of decisions about your character, yeah, and deciding this versus that puts you on one path rather than on the other. So forking paths, it's Borges's idea; it's not mine, mm-hmm. uh, but. It also avoids a lawsuit from that one uh, (laughs) (laughs) series of books that's becoming really popular again. All right. Uh, Okay. So one thing that you could do is uh, try to get the benefit of a system like alignment without having the rigidity of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so one thing you could do is think about your character's motivations and write down what those things are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you could put things like um, your fears and your goals, right? So what are things that you... Gravitate toward, and what are some things that you want to avoid, right? And so that gives us a decent sense. And then if you talk about the limit to which you are willing to go in order to attain those things, I think we get a more psychologically interesting picture, um, and it also would give you a, a, a better sense of how to play that character mm-hmm. um, or how to interact with that character. Now, I'm not going to lie; it's more complicated for sure than yeah. alignment. Uh, but let's just suppose that you um, you fear uh, dying alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you uh, want to have a great reputation. Yeah. Okay? Now, those could be very different characters, right? Those That could be someone who is um, a kind of... Maybe someone like a Patrick Bateman, right? Like an American psycho? I was going to say, right? yeah,
1: something that, you know, people think of the traditional psychopath that sort of puts on a great face, but is not a good person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in most people's opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um And might be going through a ton of different relationships in order to find someone who sticks and yeah. might be doing all these different things in order to gr- uh, create a great uh, legacy for themselves. Uh-huh. Um, or it could just be someone who um invests a lot of time in a quality relationship or two, right? And and fosters these long-term friendships mm-hmm. um and wants to be remembered for the hard work they've done but not falsely. Yeah. Right? And and those are two very different characters. I yeah.
2: Think.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of where I'm at in terms of character creation. You can see a blog on that. I think it's called Forking Paths in Character Creation. You can find that on uh, at dungeonchatter.com. Um, so I don't know if Victoria's heard about some of that stuff before. That was not part of the setup when we started doing character creation.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I remember the the... Um, forking paths portion that you sent me I mm-hmm. didn't know that alignment stuff or that the the motivation stuff would be a big part of the alignment mm-hmm. in your mind so that's
0: interesting yeah and uh, if you remember prior to this system we did character creation included a kind of um, conversational piece do you remember that?
1: I remember there being the, the three what are your three goals mm-hmm. uh, long term goals yeah. yeah and so mm-hmm. I remember that, that kind of being the motivation but I, I wasn't sure that that would be Related to alignment, I guess it is like so. If your your goals are to um, usurp the king uh, by any means necessary, um, <laughs> yeah. that that is a good insight to your your alignment.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if you recall, but uh, one way that we handled—did we talk about this already? The when I when we did the play-by-text RPG, did we talk about how
1: we've talked about the play-by-text? Okay. But I don't remember. Um, we well, just. The, in the, in this show in this episode? No, no, time? not in this okay. episode.
0: No, just the idea that uh, so I would let someone know, um, hey, you're going to this location. Why are you going there? And so you would be creating your character in this kind of narrative conversational way as you went, mm-hmm. uh, trying to give me uh, as the GM insight into what kind of character you were. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a kind of predecessor to this version of it, and I still like that conversation. Yeah, that idea. was a
1: cool conversation. Uh,
0: I think the forking paths has this ideal element that people can explore the system on their own without having to interact with other people. Um, and I think that more and more people are a little worried about, um, they, they might know a lot about an RPG, but never have done it and have a lot of anxiety about doing it. So forking paths there to help people overcome that. And then a good GM can help you do away with that and just do it conversationally if that works better. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much that actually has to do with what we're doing, but um, it's worth noting that that's the development. Yeah. This is That's cool. Okay.
1: So, I guess our pitch for this episode um is kind of a, an interesting one because the the pitch is to talk about what sort of setting you want your entire party to have for their game. Um and we're talking about like should there be slavery in this game? Should there be um murder in this game? Should there be things like rape in this game? Um, and those can be very, very uncomfortable conversations, especially for people who like we're we're trying to foster like wanting to play RPGs in people who haven't played RPGs before. And I think if it were my first time playing an RPG and somebody was like, So you're cool with rape in this game, right? I'd be like, Nope, <laughs> not not the game for me, not never touching RPGs again. So that can be like a very off-putting conversation for a lot of people, especially newcomers. So we were talking about this and we think like it's important to talk about, like it can't just be kind of avoided because then you will run into it down the road. If everyone else thinks, Hey, yeah, slavery, it's a, it's an interesting topic. It can Mm -hmm. be explored, whatever. And then somebody in the party is like, nah, like I I don't want to think about that for whatever reason because it, it, personally affects them because of whatever.
0: Can I, so, and let me say, so I like that, that you're kind of drawing this contrast about a, a particular group that this might be. So here's what I want to say without dancing around too much. We have these two target audiences in mind, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the grizzled vet and the newcomer, right? Yeah. And, and so, and for grizzled RPG vets, I'm not saying that every group of people who used to play back in the day would just slaughter and rape and steal everything that came in sight. Uh, not that at all, but but some of those things were on the table and and maybe even seen as the, that's just part of the game, right? So there, yeah. there's there's elves and there are dwarves and there's a kind of racism uh, existing between the two. Yeah. Um, there's a, a patriarchal society or, or in general a kind of patriarchal system to most of the cultures that you're going to encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on one hand, that might just be seen as thing that's, well, that's obviously part of the game. So what else yeah. are we going to do?
1: Because like a lot of people will turn to, well, this is sort of based on medieval mm-hmm. um, cultures and like that was just part of that, you know, that game. Like that's a lot of people's argument for that. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's understandable.
0: And so for those people to be aware of what the this other group's mindset might be mm-hmm. and, and for the two groups, right, to really understand one another um, yeah. as you come together, I mean, uh, unless you're a completely new group uh, that is coming together all at once to play your first yeah. game, or if you're a bunch of "Hey, we used to play together 40 years ago" or something, we're, we're coming <laughs> yeah, yeah. together again. Unless you are a group of everyone who's like-minded, um, these are possible Like these are things that you might not even be aware of.
1: Yeah, you might not think to have a discussion about, but it, it could help the game run more smoothly for everybody involved if it does come about. So. Our pitch was um, that a good idea might be to discuss similar settings and other types of media, like video games, TVs, books, movies, whatever, that have different levels of morality. So like Lord of the Rings was pretty um, like there wasn't a lot of uh, like, actually, I don't know. Was there a lot? There wasn't slavery, really. There wasn't a lot of there was no rape in the movies, for sure.
0: There was no rape. No, slavery was a, a little tough because um, the uh, like the orcs took the dwarves in chains before the king, as I recall. OK. Um, and, and so there's something like that, at least. And um, there, there was a history, I think, um, of slavery in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. So some of those pieces were in there, but it wasn't a kind of it wasn't a graphic.
1: Yeah, uh, it wasn't graphic.
0: It. Yeah. Um, I don't remember any mentions of rape at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was clearly I mean, murder. But...
1: In the books, there was only like three or four women in the whole series, right? So.
0: Well, um, Arwen Galadriel, uh, Goodberry.
1: Um, yeah, anyway. I guess, right. So, not a lot of women. Not so, a lot yeah. of women weren't, weren't really part of the book much. Um, but anyway. That's to say, so, like, you can discuss, like, so Lord of the Rings-level fantasy setting versus Game of Thrones mm-hmm. fantasy setting versus maybe even, like, like Disney's um, The King Arthur setting, depending on who you're playing with, like, who that might be, you know, the target audience or... Uh,
0: and actually, I want to say, like, one of the things that I think the grizzled vet might be hearing right now is...
1: <laughs> right? Please put on kid gloves <laughs> for all the newbies. Yeah.
0: Well, no, it, yeah, right? So no. this idea, like... No, no, no. Look, I like uh, gritty realism in my games. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it turns out that I kind of do, too. And I I really like uh, Robert E. Howard's work. Um, And although there are, there's, you know, there's a, in the art style that came to represent his, there Mm -hmm. was a a high level of body dimorphism, I think is a good way of putting it. Yeah,
2: that's good. Um,
0: And there... And, and there was definitely some kind of womanizing uh, from Conan, but I, I can't recall rape in any of the, the books. Okay. Uh, and, you know, maybe that's the bridge too far from the vast majority of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there might be other things, too. I also don't recall like uh, Conan just, like, twisting off a baby's head in order to intimidate his opponents. into true. In, in okay. stop now, would he kill all of them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but not targeting innocents. Uh, and I and I think that that's a, an important distinction to make. So yeah. So if you're hearing something like this, you're know, like, games have gotten soft from my days. Yeah. Not necessarily. And we're
1: not saying like, yeah. hey, don't play the game you want to play. Sure. We're just make, we're saying make sure everyone in the party agrees with that game before they all jump into it and they get invested in their characters, and then suddenly they're like, this isn't the game for mm-hmm. me. So we're just saying you know discuss it and make sure everyone's on board with. <laughs>
0: sorry. (laughs) Or whatever. Or whatever whatever it might be an issue. Yeah. Yeah, And I, so, um, so you said think about movies?
1: Yeah. Movies, TV shows, books, um, and use that as like an entry conversation for what kind of setting people will be comfortable with. Yeah.
0: And you know, there are, I, I think that those are a good, uh, that's a really good range of fantasy, they're all fantasy games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they have very different feels to them and, and we expect different things when yeah. we sit down to watch some of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think the same could probably maybe, the same could probably be done for just about every type of game that you come to. So even if it's like um, Aliens meets something else right
1: cowboys cowboys Cowboys,
0: Uh, even if it's that but then you would think well what kind of uh cowboy movie are we talking about Uh and what kind of alien type movie are we talking about Mm -hmm. Um, just you know that's a very tasteful way to establish general parameters
2: Mm -hmm. sounds good
0: um and so i don't now. i'm gonna I'm going to troubleshoot a little bit okay. uh, because one of the ways that I got uh, the current group that we're playing uh, into my new campaign, uh, so the world that we're playing in Dungeon Chatter uh, Blood of Heroes, was I prepared a document and I sent it out and it had artwork that mm-hmm. was carefully selected to represent the, the kind of feel of the world and it had references to uh-huh. uh, yeah. the kind of feel that I was going for in the game. Uh, and when we came to the first session, um, one person had read it. Um, and that was well, not even my wife uh, or son, I or had,
1: I had read parts of it. Uh-huh. I looked at the artwork. Okay. I had not remembered every detail. I'm sorry, Father.
0: So the level of, you know, compliance, like, following through on that was, yeah, maybe about 20, 30 percent. You
1: sent that to us, like, 24 hours before we played, I thought. Like, pretty soon, yeah.
0: All right. So if I had given you more time, it would have been...
1: Actually, I probably would have forgotten more of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, so uh, that was something that I tried to do. It's, you know, you've got to feel out the group. Yeah.
1: I've looked back on that a few times now for reference. Like I've uh, gone and refreshed my memory in between games with it. So it's, it's served a purpose for me.
0: And as a GM, it's also served a purpose for me because it helps me come back to those expectations that we established in the beginning (laughs) because as the world develops it's very easy for players to have this massive impact on what the game and the world feels like Mm -hmm. um and in some places um you might need to think oh you know what um i actually thought that like we kind of said that the world would be darker than this uh and so we've got to work on bringing some of that stuff uh back into it's it been a little too cheery the last few sessions yeah uh so i i think it it serves a purpose for me And, and again it's it's my game and my world Uh, But I still think I can learn from that document. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah. How's that sound? Was that the troubleshooting? You mainly just talked about that document.
0: Was it just The, the troubleshooting idea is that to know that your efforts? So if you that just trying to do this stuff, being intentional about doing this stuff doesn't guarantee it's going to succeed. Uh, So that, in my mind, that was establishing the parameters for a discussion to happen, but we didn't exactly have a discussion about it, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't know if you remember, but we sat down and we were at Lisa's house. Yeah, I remember. We sat down and we talked about some of this stuff. Um, And maybe I said no evil characters. I can't remember. Uh, But it is interesting that two of our characters keep trying to be evil. Uh, I don't
1: think they keep trying to be evil. I think... (laughs) I think they're the ones who are leaning more towards chaotic versus uh-huh. lawful. They're leaning more towards chaotic. They just want to get some fighting done, yeah, so but not just
0: killing stuff, but not, not like
1: murder. True. I think just wanting to kill to solve problems.
0: I think that is plausible. Mm-hmm. Um, And so uh, again, you know, so thinking through these ideas and having a mindset uh, or a sense of the mindset of other players, Mm -hmm. this is good preparation for this conversation that you might have, uh, but there's no guarantee that every group can come together and work. And so it might be that certain members of the group are wedded to something that not everyone is. And, you know, that happens. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: That's what we call troubleshooting. Your party might not work.
1: Your party might not work. Or might not work all the time. How about that? Like, so you might be a really good party for like once every three months Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Like, you know, do a couple of games a year, something like that. But maybe not your main campaign.
0: You know, in a different system, in a different setting could help alleviate some of that. So if you're used to playing um, fantasy and, you know, your view of what fantasy is, is just blasting everyone with spells or backstabbing them, Mm -hmm. um, maybe play like a giant robot RPG. Right, where everyone is like working on the robot and going out and fighting robots and protecting people. That yeah. kind of forces you to, to do something specific. Uh,
1: fighting a bunch of drones or something. Yeah. Something non living might help yeah. those people get the, the bloodthirstiness, but yeah. help the people like me not feel like they've murdered a bunch of innocents. Yeah. All
2: right.
0: Um, so let's do the quick recap then. Okay. Uh, so this episode is, was Jay.
1: For justice.
0: And the way we are approaching that is in terms of the the kind of constraints or limitations that you would put um, on yourselves, like as players, uh, sorry, as really as characters, um, and as the type of world that you want to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked through a couple of different distinctions there, so law versus morality versus moral beliefs, so beliefs about morality. Um, and then we talked about um, some proxies for doing this. Uh, so how some other games do it. We talked about alignment uh, for Dungeons and Dragons. We talked about...
1: Uh, light versus dark for a lot of other games. Uh, light side versus dark side. Um, we talked about the vampire setting and mm-hmm. how it's not really a good versus evil. It's more just about your nature versus demeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did we talk about?
0: We talked about uh, well, um, if Fallout is included in the good versus evil, it's of pretty is. yeah, it's. And then we talked about uh, so the framing uh, for the big conversation that we're having, which is the idea of fears uh, and goals. So these motivations, these things that motivate you to pursue or flee, um, and how uh, willing you are to do that, or um, how maybe scrupulous or how uh, committed you are to those things, what you're willing to do in order to accomplish those goals. Uh, And that sort of set up the conversation.
1: Discussing what your whole party is uh, willing to do or like what sort of game will be best for everyone involved.
0: And how do we give players a sense of what that is?
1: Uh, To use analogies in uh, popular media that are similar to your setting that have different levels of uh, morality and moral beliefs uh, that might give them a good frame of mind for the kind of world they want to play
0: in. Like in American Voltron versus Japanese Voltron. Where, I
1: haven't seen a lot of Japanese Voltron, but all right.
0: Uh, oh, people die in it and there's blood, I think. Yeah. As we're in the American one, uh, nobody dies except possibly one dude.
1: I haven't. There's like eight seasons now and I stopped at season three, so I'm not sure that that's still true. There's definitely. No, no, no.
0: I don't mean the new Voltron. I mean. Like
1: oh, the, oh, the old school Voltron. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: Same thing with like uh, G.I. Joe back in the day. Like every, Like planes would get just. Destroyed no matter what and you would just see someone parachuting away every time. Oh, yeah but Yeah, no, one. I don't think anyone died in that. Yeah uh, So those are good ways to think about it. So hey, we're gonna play a sci-fi game What kind of level of violence are we talking about? hmm Um, and uh, maybe this sets us up for next time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Next time we're gonna talk about
1: okay. K- For killing. We're going to look
0: at uh, killing, especially uh, PC death and things like that. So play your character death in the RPG. Mm -hmm. But that's for next time. Um, So this is Travis.
1: This is Victoria.
0: And this has been Dungeon Dungeon Chatter.
1: Listening to episode ten. A couple of quick things. First, sorry about our lateness. We weren't quite sure what this episode was going to be about and we wanted to do an interview for it, but the scheduling didn't work out for that, but we eventually got that all worked out. Second, sorry if the audio quality sounds a little different or echoey. We recently had tile flooring installed and hey, guess what? That affected our sound quality. We're looking into better recording methods for the future, but please bear with us until we get that all worked out. Anyway, if you want more dungeon chatter, please check us out on Twitter at dungeon chatter or online at dungeonchatter.com. And if you like our show, it'd be super cool if you left a review on iTunes and told your friends who are also in RPG stuff, or maybe curious about RPG stuff, or maybe completely indifferent to RPGs entirely, but you think might still enjoy it. We'd definitely appreciate it. Our next episode, K is for Kills, will be out in two weeks on Friday, February 22nd. So we hope to see you then.
2: Thanks again for listening.